Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Food Biz Whiz podcast. Charlie here, and this is episode four of our new series called Is It Worth It, Charlie?, where I sit down and talk to students inside our Retail Ready community about pivotal decisions that they are about to make in their business. Now, for those of you who don't know me or who missed the first few episodes in this series, my name's Charlie Birkinshaw. I'm the VP of Student Success uh, at Food Biz Wiz. And uh, in addition to running my own CPG business, Element Shrub, I also support and coach our Retail Ready students inside our Retail Ready course and community. In today's episode, I am going to be sitting down with fellow Retail Ready student, Annabelle Kalmar, director of Tea Rebellion, who sells transparently sourced specialty tea all around the world to talk about what distribution model is right for her. So if this is a decision you have ever struggled with, I am excited for you to listen in. So with that said, let's find out, is it worth it? I'm Allie Ball, former grocery buyer and retail store manager turned wholesale consultant. In my role on the retail floor, I saw delicious, values-driven brands fail on our shelves simply because they didn't understand the behind the scenes of wholesale. I created the Food Biz Whiz podcast to give you hard-to-access insight from my career in the food industry and the tools and strategies to help you succeed on retail shelves. If you're a committed food founder who's looking to create and grow a packaged products business that positively impacts our food system, puts wealth back into your own hands, and employs members of your local community, you have found the right podcast. Let's do this. Hey, before we get into this episode, I want to put an idea out there. In this show, you're going to get a sneak peek of the topics that we cover inside of Retail Ready, my online program for producers of packaged product who are looking to land on more shelves and have high sales once you do. While you're listening, imagine what it would be like to be part of our Retail Ready community, attending bi-weekly coaching calls, and getting daily support on your growing business. You can. If you listen to this episode and you're nodding along, you are going to be a great fit for Retail Ready. Come and join us. Send me a DM for more information or take the first step right now by watching my free masterclass on growing your packaged food business. In that class, I'm going to tell you all about my philosophy of growing businesses, steps that you can put into place right now, and all about Retail Ready. Find that masterclass link directly in our show notes or at alleyball.com slash masterclass. I'll see you soon in Retail Ready. Annabelle, welcome. It is great to have you on the show today. Hi, Charlie. How are you? I am great. So as I said in the introduction, today we are talking all about distribution And for you in particular, I think you mentioned that you're specifically interested in trying to determine what distribution model makes the most sense for you and your business. But uh, before we jump into that, do you want to just give a quick uh, introduction to our listeners and uh, tell us a little bit about Tea Rebellion and your background? Awesome. Yes, of course. So, um, so Tea Rebellion, um, we are a tea brand that provides tea lovers who care about fair trade and single origin um, and farm direct sourcing um, with really good award-winning teas. And we launched in Canada in 2017 and are right now in, in, in several countries around the world um, selling these teas globally. 
Um, I have a lifelong passion for fair trading and transparency in food, and that's kind of what gave rise um, to this startup. Um, my background's in agriculture and in strategy, um, and I did an MBA at some point, and I feel really passionate about helping farmers get better access to markets, and that's that's how this came about. Amazing, amazing. Okay, so Tea Rebellion, uh, selling transparency around the world. Talk us through sort of, okay, so today, right, we're talking about distribution. Back up a little bit and like, let's talk about how from a, from a business perspective, sort of we got to sort of deciding sort of what distribution model, you know, needs to be the right fit for you and, and all of that. <laughs> and all of that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I um, I have experience working direct. That's how I launched my business. Okay, and um, the first couple of years in Ontario and Canada, everything was direct to organic independent stores um, as well as online. And um, as we grew and wanted to get into bigger stores, the feedback was, um, you know, which distributor do you work with? Sure. And so we signed up with a distributor. And after several years of working with them, um, we are not sure it's right for us anymore. This has had meant many, I think we'll have time to talk about that, many money, resource, and kind of other implications for how I run my business. And so now I'm basically trying to decide what's right in the future. Was it the distributor that was the challenge? Or is really my business one that can go direct? because of the nature yeah. of business. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I and I I'll say I feel like this is a a problem that comes up or I or something that comes up for almost every brand in the food and beverage space, right? Like they are they might start as a farmers market, they might start selling teas to a couple of local stores and then like some bigger retailers get really excited and they say, "Oh, like you you need distribution now. You're like you've got to get your product out in the world, right?" And, uh, and like, so, you know, I think maybe just like thinking about distribution in general, right? Like, let's just sort of um, go back and forth here about, you know, what, what are some of the pros and what are some of the cons about sort of distribution? Because I, I know you've, you've experienced it a little bit and, you know, we're trying to decide, hey, which, which path should we take now? So um, right. in your experience, like what have been the best, like sort of pros and then... Yeah. So I think some of the pros has been that, you know, without having to do anything, I got into stores that I don't even know about. Right. So it does increase your reach um, in a way being listed with some with a distributor who has existing client relationships that, you know, because of the listing system, we'll see um, we we'll see that T-Rebellion is with them and might just place an order. So there's very little um, for some of these partner stores that I got this way. Um, there was very little effort from my side, I think. And then, of course, it also allowed me to get into some of the larger kind of target ones that I had um, sure. that, that before had said, sorry, we don't have the resources, et cetera, to list you directly. But if you're with a distributor, then yes. Right. So yeah. those two, I think, are the key ones for me in terms of benefits. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I, I've seen this before, too. And I think, you know, a lot of us can relate to a sort of like chicken and egg situation when it comes to, to distribution, right, where you've got a retailer that you really want to get into. Uh, and they say, I'm sorry, like, we just can't work with you directly. Uh, who's your distributor? And then you talk to the distributor and they're like, oh, well, like, once you get a couple of retailers on board, then we can work with you. And And so there's this like back and forth. And 
it's really frustrating, right? And and I think, you know, having access to distributors so that you can start to get into those stores that you really want to get into um, can be great, right? To, to sort of bring more awareness to your product overall and to get you into those stores where your target audience is and, and all of that, right? Um, let me, uh, I, I think one of the other, I, I, just thinking about awareness in general too and thinking about uh, your ability to grow, right? When you, a um, couple, two episodes ago, we talked about trade shows, right? And I think one of the other benefits of uh, having a distributor and a distributor network, right, is that when you attend a trade show, you know, you've got retailers coming up to your your booth. And if you don't have a distributor, then it can be hard for them to say yes quickly, because right. there's a lot of paperwork involved in, you know, getting you set up with the, the right distributor and whether it's their preferred distributor or not, right, we could go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> Yeah, and there's also, I think, a um, a monetary aspect because I think often if you are just, um, exhibiting on the distributor aisle, it's actually more affordable to be at trade shows um, rather than if you're completely footing your own stall. So I think, sure. there is, yeah, also yeah, yeah. that. Um, great. So, okay, so we've talked about sort of like the, the access that distribution gives you. The, I mean, I, I will just say like, obviously distributors are logistics companies, right? So clearly there's like a benefit that, hey, these people can now like literally like ship my product or deliver my product to a particular store. So I don't have to deal with the shipping or the packing or, you know, any of that, right? So clearly I think that's obviously a huge benefit of having sort of distributors in place, right? Also the the ordering hurdle goes down for the new store because they can just place, you know, decide on one SKU and add it to the existing order until it pushes them over their the minimum ordering limit for that distributor, but it doesn't all have to be covered with you. They can, you know, place by eight or 10 different products from that distributor and thereby, you know, it's there's a lower hurdle, I think. To yeah, place 100%, 100%. I think, you know, too, it's that like buyers can sort of breathe this like breath of fresh air that one of the benefits, right? So we've been talking about the pros for us as, as brands, right? But there's mm-hmm. obviously some pros for, for the buyer and the retailer as well, which is right now, if you think about it from their perspective, now, instead of having to work with 50 vendors directly and deal with 50 different email back and forths and 50 different like tracking numbers to track the product and make sure that everything arrives right now, they only have to deal with one person, like one distributor, and they can order everything from that. So, you know, that makes their job a lot easier, right? which is, I think, what you were getting at too, right? Yeah, yeah. So the benefit, I think, to the distri- uh, to the stores, if they like to work with the distributor, is quite is quite substantial. But I've also met stores that, you know, we go into the cons, I guess, um, that that wasn't the first choice for them. They're quite happy working direct. Sure, right. And and I think, you know, that, that makes the distribution game difficult sometimes too, right? Which is not every store works with every distributor, right? And I think sometimes people early on make the assumption that, oh, okay, I got into like XYZ distributor. Now, like any retailer can like bring on my product because I have a distributor, right? But um, but really like, again, when it comes down to making it as easy for the buyer to say yes, right? if the buyer has not worked with that distributor before, and let's say that distributor has a really high minimum, 
right? Mm -hmm. And they're only buying like one product from them, which is your product. Now, all of a sudden they have to feel like forced to either buy like way more product than they actually need or buy other products from that distributor to meet the minimum. And, and now all of a sudden they're like, oh, like, why do I have to work with this person who's using this distributor? (laughs) Right. And I think that it might differ a little bit in terms of that situation for the different geographies, because I'm aware that, for example, in the UK, um, people are listing with a lot of distributors and, you know, parallel distributors are carrying the same brands. So the store really has, um, you know, it's easy for them to, to reach everything. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's less the case in Canada and the U.S. Possibly, from mm-hmm. my experience. Yeah. Sure, sure. Um, what else? What else is you know? I, I think in terms of cons, what else do you see? Well, there's the um, the the need to hold inventory um, mm. in, in warehouses. Um, you know, which is great if you have a lot of store there and a lot of um, traffic in a certain region. You want to hold inventory there because it's being pulled. But if, for example, you need to therefore cover because that's how the distributor works a region where you don't have many stores yet you have inventory sitting there which um that might not be pulled as much um yeah you know there's sometimes requirements from distributor to cover certain areas just because you're listed with them um which might make it difficult um there's also i think um if you work with a distributor versus just dropping something off that's close to you you know it's more of a requirement to actually provide full free fills, a whole box, et cetera, which, you know, increases your initial um, new store launch costs somewhat. Um, sure. And I think, I mean, then there's the margin that the distributor does take. Yeah, for, yeah, for it, sure. Right. When you're working directly, yeah. yeah, you get to you get to take that margin for yourself. And um, so that, that can push the price up uh, on the shelf, obviously, because stores might be buying it for more. Um yeah, I think these are the kind of the the key ones. Then there's something that I've noticed is that um, by that quite often my relationship when I was going direct to some of the stores was closer than it was mm, after sure. from the distributor. So some of the relationship weakened a little bit. Others I gained, but I, it's uh, there's a different way to maintain a relationship when you're not the worst, per, the one actually lazing on orders, right? Yeah, um, and I, I mean I, I feel like I'm. I'm maybe making this assumption, but, you know, for you, right, you, you have a brand and a business that thrives on relationships with, you know, these farmers directly, right? And so, you know, whether like, and I don't know, to me, it feels like retailers would also be like, excited to work with you directly, because, you know, you have this direct connection to the farmers, and, you know, especially in a sort of transparent, like, supply chain situation right the fewer the like the middlemen the better right <laughs> absolutely it's quite interesting that from a sourcing perspective it's all direct right directly from source um with the farms and then the experience of reaching the store with some you know through the distributor model is an, ad- an additional layer right um which yeah. um which yeah it's 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 uh it's really interesting. Like, I don't know. I like, like, I just thought of that sort of, and I would imagine too, that, that, that the types of retailers that would want to carry your product would also be the ones that would be more excited to potentially work with you directly, right? For that reason. Because it's, it's, it is more consistent with their culture, identity, exactly. the way who they're, who they're targeting exactly. is the, the other types of product yeah. that, that they're carrying, et cetera. Yeah. Well, it's a kind sure. of a, a more um, holistic 
decision if that's also aligned. But, you know, you wouldn't, I don't think it's right to assume that everyone is completely aligned in these kind of things. Sure, sure. Uh, Fair. Totally fair. Uh, And obviously there's like the admin aspect of it, of ordering for multiple people that we already talked about, which, you know, makes that, makes that more complicated as well. So, um, okay. So we've talked generally about pros and cons here about distribution. I want to think a little bit about uh, the, just sort of the money. What's the math problem when you think about distribution and with other people who are listening with other retail ready students who are listening, you know, what, what, what's been your experience so far through distribution and how do you, I guess, think through that, that money and that financial impact on whether this is like worth it, right. Whether this decision to, to move forward with distribution is worth it. And um, yeah, let's, I don't know, let's start, let's start there. Yeah. So I think, um, by working with a distributor, it's increased my need for working capital quite a lot because mm. I have to ramp up production because of larger purchase orders um, in order to get stock into the different warehouses. Right. And um, they, that inventory thing you mentioned too, right? Making oh, sure yeah. you have oh. right inventory everywhere, which inventory means like- Inventory everywhere, um, whether it's to... immediately being pulled or not, just because it needs right. to be available. Um, and um, because we have a model whereby each T is- linked to a farmer in a direct mm. location you know i can't replace a tea right. easily like that so it also meant that i have to you know it creates a a business complexity because it's just from one single or a limited edition like lots of limited editions so um yeah that was actually something that before i even entered the distrib- uh, distribution arrangement that i um then got into i was discussing in detail said well you know what about force majeure there's like you know huge climate change or a mm-hmm. cyclone or sure. whatever and you just can't get this and the contract says you have contractual obligations to deliver. And if you are out of stock for too long, well, you are kind of bumped and you get a penalty. Yeah, that's right? that's tough, right? And I mean, I can yeah. I can sort of see it from their side, but like, Absolutely. yeah, it's also like, yeah, it's something we we have to think about too. And you know, when you when you talked about um, sort of like production and inventory and things like that too, it also made me think about um, sort of like a cash flow issue right. potentially, Absolutely. right? Of like you know, when we brands make product, right, we're typically paying for that production up front, right? And, and then they sit in a warehouse, and then they, they get shipped to a warehouse, right? And then they sit in a warehouse, and then they get purchased. And then finally, many days later, right, they, we get paid from the distributor. And so, you know, thinking about that, that cash flow sort of situation of, hey, like you spent all this money up front to get your product made and into these warehouses. Now you have to like move it out of the warehouse into the retailer off the shelf and right. like over and over again, right? So I think one money implication is definitely that your ability to finance that, um, to have working capital, to expand um, your outlays at a certain point in time. You know, you need to see whether you're ready for that. I did cre- create a cash flow crunch. Um, yeah. for quite a while um for a few right. months so. and, and i think like i'm I'm not saying that like distribution is bad right it's just you need to be aware of the implications of sort of this cash flow situation of the the financial implications of selling your product at potentially a lower dollar value to distributors so that 
when it ends up on the shelf, it's at a price that consumers will pay for it and, um, and all of that. And then, you know, once you, once you know that and you understand that, you can make a decision that's sort of educated and that, you know, and sometimes is a risk, sometimes makes sense. I mean, there's obviously going to be a, a risk component to sort of all of our decisions, but um and then also on money, there is the, um, you know, sometimes things may go wrong with a distributor in terms of the logistics. So we had one order for Valentine's that was going into a store that we packed just in time, mm-hmm. uh, you know, having to run extra productions to get it done. And then it um, and then I think it couldn't be received for something to do with the receiving slot, whatever. So we missed the time of getting it into the store because it wasn't received. But mm. like basically, because yeah. there are different people in the chain, it sure. the chances of something timing-wise going wrong, right? If you have a, a, a certain date by, by which something needs to be in store. Yeah. Um, so that that's another, that, that I was completely surprised about, about because we've never had that before. Um, so that's an interesting operational logistics challenge that occurred which i'm sure you can iron out when you have more experience in with this word distributors sure but i mean there's just like you know i i I mean i i'll throw out like the idea that maybe for some businesses that have sort of these limited like production runs limited quantities like that that makes those products in particular particularly hard to like make work in sort of this distribution model potentially um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I, I also, something that I also like to think about too, and is, you know, okay, let's say you're, you're thinking about like, Hey, I want to go with this distributor. I, this distributor model makes sense for me. Uh, this is how much I'm going to spend to get, you know, to launch in this particular store. I know there's going to be a free fill. I know there's going to be a promotion. Um, but I, I always like to sort of ask myself and I, it, encourage you to sort of think, think about it as well is, you know, okay, let's say you're going to spend $25,000 to like launch in this new retailer and this new distributor. Well, how much are you going to make on that $25,000, right? Uh, what's the cash flow going to look like? And what would the opportunity cost be if you spent that $25,000 doing something else, right? Whether it's investing in e-commerce, whether it's investing in food service, whether it's investing in some other channel or some other aspect of your business. And then what is the return on that other thing that you would be spending money on? And then like comparing the two, right? And, yeah, and- I think I that's not, that's not something I did before I entered the distribution agreement, I think. Um, but it's something I usually do with regard to decisions. <laughs> but at the time, I think I was so psyched to um, to solve that operational because it did seem like it was going to help me expand in a lot of places. And I've had all these people feeding back saying, "Well, once you have a distributor, you can we can start working together." Yeah, um, no, I, so I didn't I really <laughs> do a kind of um, you know scenario um, a counter kind of um, analysis of that um, at the time. But I yeah. do understand it's worthwhile. Okay, so we've talked about the sort of the money, the financial aspect of distribution. Um, let's also talk about the resources that you have access to, right? So, you know, we talked a little bit about production. We've talked about um, you know, thinking about what's needed from an admin perspective to make sure distribution happens and works the way you want it to. What to, to walk to walk me through sort of your um, your resources that you that you have. Yeah. 
So um, I think one thing to note is that it took up a lot of my time and I had to hire someone um, for co-packing initially and then I actually got a co-packer involved when I launched with a distributor um, because it was just that jump that is really hard um, because I, I'm not a big team. We're not a big team at that time. Um, to to make that all happen, and there was also an issue in the production facility that we were using, and so you know there was limited access, and so it, it would just seemed like the right decision to get external help um, involved in the co-packing, but and and so that is just on the production side to get uh, stock sure. ready, and then um, you know obviously importing more teas and getting those lined up, which not yeah. always easy. Um, because, for example, some of the countries we um, work with, where I just got back from, I just got back from Malawi, and it's landlocked, Amazing. so it takes a while to get access to stock, because it's usually sure. yeah. <laughs> thankfully. Um, from a carbon perspective, that's better. So it takes a while to even get somewhere where it can be shipped um, to Canada or the UK. So um, so lining all these things up um, takes time. And then just kind of listing, um, you know, the listing process. I remember... There's uh, a lot of probably very Canadian um, web resources that you need to be listed with. Um, it has all to do with visuals and planograms and, uh, yeah, anyways, the whole backbone that sits behind, I think, in the grocery sector. And I'm probably using the wrong acronyms in describing it. But basically, there was a whole lot of extra costs and a lot of my time spent on getting yeah. these forms and everything submitted and up and running for some of the stores we then started working with through that distributor. So I think that's there's no way out of that. Um, but um, that's something that I didn't have when I was direct, just delivering, you know, it was sure. easier. Right. Yeah. And and I think again, like it, you know, obviously there's there's pros and cons to both, right? Uh, to both sort of situations of working with working with stores directly and working with distributors and sort of um, you know, I hope I hope that for the, our listeners and our retail ready students, right, that, you know, the, the the point of this conversation is not to say that like distribution is is good or bad, but that like it's really important to have all the information you can going into sort of the decision so that you can decide what's best for for you and for your business, right? And you can decide if it's if it's worth it for you to take on that, right? Yeah, and to anticipate what it will require, right? So like it's yep. just to know that when you decide when you start to list that you need to plan in you know, a good extra day is possibly weeks to make sure all your information is on these systems, which takes a while, or make sure you have someone lined up who can do that for you. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Times. And, you know, make sure that you know that getting your initial stock into warehouses, if your distributor is a large one, will require extra production runs and like all these things just to line it up because they will have require lead time, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, great. Okay, so thinking about going back to sort of like the our, our original question right we we talked about sort of thinking about your path next right when it comes to distribution what strategy makes the most sense you've you've clearly like had some dist- uh, had some experience working with distributors you've had some experience working directly um, and we've talked through sort of the pros and cons of working with distributors what kind of questions, um, you know, and this this gets into a little bit of like the last thing that I like to talk about when it comes to sort of like deciding whether or not something's worth it is what kind of questions, what kind of um, what kind of things are you thinking about that uh, just sort of reflecting on your past experience 
uh, reflecting on what's worked well, what hasn't well, or what hasn't worked well, um, that are going to help you sort of decide how to best sort of move forward? Yes, tough questions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I I mean, I have a couple of things that I want to work through in terms of um, maybe setting out what are the the type of organizations I want to work with if I do go back into a distributor relationship. Um, You know, what kind of other brands should they be carrying? What should be their business model? Do I want them to be... Um, working with, um, you know, predominantly maybe organic, ethically sourced products um, so that there is, I guess, more of a, a product alignment as well um, and, and identity and cultural alignment um, uh, between the two companies. I think that's important. Um, the other one is the size of the distributor. I think given that we are still a start startup, um, it would be quite good to work with one that isn't too big, that has quite is quite focused on a certain geography, um, and the reason for that is I think that it, because it's tea, I, I would like to work with a distributor who doesn't have another 20 P- teas to distribute, uh, mm, sure. right? So yeah. there's something about making sure that you're unique in the in the portfolio, I think, of the, your chosen distributor so that they can really kind of position you well and talk, uh, talk about your brand. Um, yeah, so those are some things I want to articulate for myself and write down. Yeah, I love that. I, I, I love that because I, I think, you know, I love that both of those, you know, you sort of went on this journey with distribution, but yet now you're coming, you're coming sort of full circle to, you know, who am I as a brand and what are the brand pillars and the things that I care about? And to me, like sort of sitting on the outside, sort of looking in, I, I hear you talking about sort of like the transparency of your supply chain and caring about, you know, working with these farmers directly so that, you know, they're getting the best margins for for their product and wanting the same sort of you wanting your customers to experience sort of that same journey in a grocery store, like in some, in whatever setting your tea is being sold so that they are also, Mm -hmm. you know, they're also getting access to other products that have the same brand values. Right. Yeah. And I think um, trust is one that, that the, you know, having trust in the brand is really important when it comes to tea and to tea rebellion um and um yeah and so that that needs to be there in whatever partnerships i think think we have i think that's just yeah. uh, you know just quite key to um to us um and it might be just easier working with a smaller more relationship based distributor than a, a larger one i think so you know great great <laughs> i mean yeah it's 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 exciting and i think you know, I'll be honest, sometimes really difficult to have that like honest conversation with yourself and your business about making a change like this, because uh, I mean, I feel like I say this a lot, but uh, I'll just restate it, that I think it's, it's really important for brands to not just do what everybody else is doing, just because everybody else is sort of doing it. And that seems to be like, hey, if I'm going to grow, like I have to get into a distributor to, to grow. Right. Um, and I think I love that you sort of gone back to your, your core values as a business and sort of pushing those values up to, to your retailers and ultimately sort of those end consumers. Um, and so that there's sort of, it's like full alignment here. Um, cause I, yeah, I, I think, I, I think that reflection is, is really 
awesome. And I, I, I mean, I know personally too, that it's, I, I think I learned that lesson too late of like, don't just do what everybody else is doing because, you know, right. Like what, what aligns with your personal goals, what aligns with your business goals, um, you know, the decisions that you make for T Rebellion, you know, might be completely different than the decisions that I would make for T Rebellion if I was running it, right? Yeah. Even though it's the same company, right? And and vice versa with, with Element Shrub or, right? And I think that that's, uh, it's really important to like really know yourself, really know your brand, really know your brand values and make sure that you are, you know, as we said, that you have all the information that you can to make these decisions, um, knowing what to anticipate, knowing what's going to happen so that when you make them, at least you're not like hit blindsided <laughs> that, oh no, like I didn't know this was going to happen. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe that, so I'm going through this B Corp uh, certification process right now and that we get again, kind of um, highlights additional areas, maybe on governance or <clears throat> other areas on social that we weren't quite so thinking much about. But um, that has given a really interesting perspective of of um, thinking about um, you know social considerations in all part in with all suppliers, right? With everyone we buy from um, in whatever geography, as it were. Yeah. <clears throat> Awesome. Annabelle, this has been a really, really fun conversation. Um, for those of you who are inside Retail Ready and you are excited about this topic, would love for you guys to come uh, chime in in our private Facebook group and happy to kind of go back and forth with you. If you if you have other questions for, for me or for Annabelle, um, I'm, I'm sure we would both be happy <laughs> to kind of talk through those. Um, Annabelle, can you share with people where they can find you, um, website, socials, all of that good stuff? Yeah, of course. So trebellion.com okay. um, is the URL of our website. Um, we're probably most active on Instagram, which is for North America at trebellion. Okay. Very simple, at trebellion. And then for the European um, um kind of European market, it's at T-Rebellion UK. Um, so depending on where you're based, reach out to us there. And I'd hope to, you know, continue the conversation on tea and sourcing directly. Amazing. Annabelle, thank you so much, everybody. I hope you enjoyed uh, this episode with Annabelle. I hope you were enjoying this new segment here on the Food Biz Whiz podcast. Uh, this is the type of one-on-one -on -one coaching that I do exclusively for Retail Ready students day in and day out inside our Retail Ready program. Um, so Annabelle, thank you again for, for joining us. I can't wait to hear what you guys thought about this. I will see you guys in the Food Biz Whiz Facebook group for a continued conversation, and I will be back in your ears next month. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Retail Ready. Come and join us through videos and workbooks and checklists and templates, live coaching calls with Charlie and me, and daily access to us in our private online group. Retail Ready has all the tools that you need to increase your sales through wholesale accounts, whether that's in traditional brick and mortar outlets or through e-commerce platforms. Like I said, the first step to find out more about Retail Ready is to join my free masterclass, 
on the three steps of growing your packaged food business, which I will link right here in the show notes. That hour-long webinar is jam-packed with advice that you can use to kickstart your growth right now, plus information on Retail Ready, info on my past clients, and how we can work together. Sign up via the link in my show notes, and Charlie and I will see you in Retail Ready soon. Thanks for listening to Food Biz Wiz. If you're enjoying this podcast and the tools it gives you for growing your packaged product business, please subscribe so you never miss an episode. From one small business owner to another, I am deeply grateful for your support of this podcast, and I appreciate it when you share it with your fellow food founders, share it on social media, or leave me a review on your listening platform. Ready for more? Find out how we can work together at foodbizwiz.com. I'll see you right back here next week.